You are listening to Primary Care Perspectives, a podcast where pediatric experts from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia discuss the primary care issues that are on their mind and the hot topics that all pediatricians see affecting their daily practice. This podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not to be considered as medical advice for any particular patient. Clinicians must rely on their own informed clinical judgment in making recommendations to their patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Lockwood, a primary care pediatrician at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and I'm joined today by Dr. Bob Grunmeyer, who's going to be talking with me about no-shows. Dr. Grunmeyer is an assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Pennsylvania and also a primary care physician with me at the Care Network in South Philadelphia. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. And we're talking about no-shows, but particularly a project called Patterns, Predictive Analytic Technology to Eliminate Repeat No-Shows. So let's start with just a quick definition. So a no-show is when a patient misses an appointment without canceling in advance. And it's something that I'm sure all of us know a lot about um, and want to learn more about what we can do about that. So help us understand what the scope of the problem is, first of all. How common are no-shows? And are we seeing more or less of them in primary care than other areas of the hospital? The problem of no-show happens throughout our health system. It's more noticeable in primary care where the percent of patients who don't attend their scheduled appointments is somewhat higher, but it's also a problem at the specialty care locations. For example, at a recent week at one of our care network locations, 23%, almost a quarter of the patients, did not arrive for the appointments that they were scheduled for. Across the specialty care network, there's a similar problem. It's a lower percent. For example, at the new Burger Care Center, approximately 14% of patients failed to attend an appointment in the most recent week. But it represents actually a significant number of patients uh, in both locations, even though it's about half the rate in specialty care. Mm -hmm. For example, in the most recent fiscal year, extending from July 1st, 2016 through June 30th of 2017, there were 36,000 missed appointments in primary care. And across specialty care, it was about 30,000 missed appointments. Mm -hmm. So this is a significant number of appointments that are not being attended both in primary care Mm -hmm. and specialty care. Yeah. And so what impact do those missed appointments and no-shows have on practices? From the practice's perspective, when a child fails to attend an appointment, it means they're missing out on healthcare services that are important for that child. Consequently, they need to be rescheduled at some future time, which Mm -hmm. then creates a further backlog of patients as we're constantly moving those uh, patients to future appointments in hopes that they will uh, arrive for the subsequent appointment, but Mm -hmm. in some cases they may not make it to the subsequent appointment either. And it decreases our efficiency as a practice, both because of this constant problem of pushing more appointments into the future, but also because there will be times during the day where clinicians will be sitting around with no patients to see and Mm -hmm. exam rooms will be empty. And then perhaps later in the day, there will be uh, a sudden arrival of many patients at once. Mm -hmm. Um, Related, closely related to the no-show problem is the late-show problem Mm -hmm. where a child is brought in for their appointment, but somewhat later than uh, expected. Mm -hmm. And then there can be a lot of frustration amongst providers and patients alike 
as we try to diligently work through the sudden arrival of many patients at once in the office. Mm-hmm. Right, so like both a longer wait time maybe that day, but then long-term wait times for appointments are, are longer, like you said, we're just adding to the queue of patients that's that correct. need to be seen. Yeah, that's correct. Not only is there long wait time in the office on that day, but the wait lists grow longer and longer as more patients are needing future appointments. Mm-hmm. It seems sometimes anecdotally that I can predict when a patient is going to no-show, which I know is what you're working on, but um, what are some of the most common reasons that no-shows happen when you when you look at the literature? So th- there are a variety of reasons, many of which people could probably anticipate. Uh, Laura has it that things such as the weather cycles and perhaps mm-hmm. the cycle of the moon may <laughs> predict no-shows, but uh, in fact, it's, it's generally more... Uh, continuous problems such as difficulty with access to transportation, which unfairly affects uh, families of lower socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. There can be out-of-pocket costs, which can become prohibitive for some patients depending on the type of insurance they have, Mm -hmm. and they may just not be able to afford the copay at a given point and may choose not to come. Mm And then there's the issue that the family may not be fully aware that they have an appointment, although presumably they were aware of the appointment at the time they scheduled it. Mm-hmm. They, they may not receive a timely reminder telling them that the appointment, by the way, is tomorrow, uh, just in time for them to adjust their schedules mm-hmm. and, and show up. We actually interviewed a number of patients as part of some uh, recent work and also discovered a couple of issues that we hadn't fully anticipated, Um, one of which is that uh, a driver of the no-show problem is sometimes that the patients don't actually understand the importance of the visit. Mm. If they've called in to say, my child has a fever and a cough and they want to be seen, they're fairly clear about why, what they're hoping to get out of that visit. Right. But particularly for children with, with chronic medical conditions, it may not be as obvious to the family what the importance is of coming for a particular recheck visit that may have been scheduled months in advance. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. One, one final problem, uh, also unfairly affecting the most complex of our patients, is we sometimes expect them to be in two places at once. Mm. Some of our children have to see four or five specialists on an almost monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, they will be scheduled to be both in radiology and primary care, for example, at Mm -hmm. the same time. And that obviously means that one of those visits will not be attended. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes I've seen parents try to do their best and they schedule maybe the specialist in the morning and me in the afternoon, thinking there's plenty of time to get back and forth. But like you said, clinics could run late, there could be traffic issues in between, and so even best laid plans, sometimes it's hard to get around, even within our CHOP system, we're so spread out sometimes that getting from one appointment to the next can take some time. That is correct, and patients may not always be 100% confident where a physical appointment is. Right. Not so much a problem in primary care where they're coming to us regularly, but uh, can be a problem sometimes as ancillary services may be in unexpected locations or move. Right. Yep. That makes sense too. What are some of the ways that practices handle no-shows currently? What are our strategies to um, both react to the no-show after it's happened Mm -hmm. and try to prevent it a little? There have been a variety of 
approaches taken by many different practices. I, I'm most familiar with what we've done in primary care mm-hmm. to try to anticipate or reduce no-shows. And most of those efforts have involved reaching out to patients, either on a, uh, across all patients, for example, at various times we've used telephone reminder systems that are mm-hmm. either automated or a live call from one of our office staff to try to remind people. Mm-hmm. Increasingly, we're finding that people don't actually answer their phones, right. which is making that a less effective strategy. And I think that, in particular, automated phone calls are least well-received by our patients in general. Mm. We typically don't send out reminder letters or appointment cards, although this is something that's been discussed at various times and may be in use at some locations. Mm-hmm. A lot of our response to the no-show problem has been reactive, as Mm -hmm. you implied, which is once a child has failed to attend an appointment, what do we do then? And uh, sometimes it involves contacting a social worker. If you're at a care location that is fortunate to have a social worker, Mm -hmm. they can reach out and work with a family to better understand why they didn't make it to the appointment and provide extra help with making it to the next appointment. We do send letters, which I think are often automated. Mm-hmm. I don't know to what extent people receive or read those letters, but we do. We are in the habit of letting people know, at least in some fashion, that there was an appointment and they missed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a variety of other approaches are taken. I will for patients that I'm particularly worried about. I, as the healthcare worker, will call them personally, mm-hmm. hand pick a future appointment for them, right. and will hope that they make it. Okay. So tell us about what the Patterns Project is and what it hopes to accomplish in this area. The Patterns Project was funded by the Department of Pediatrics as an initiative to better predict which children are at at highest risk of Mm no-show. And the goals were twofold. One was to improve the efficiency of the office by helping to ensure that the office space and clinician workforce is being used to their maximum capacity. Mm -hmm. And the other aim is, of course, to make sure that the children are receiving the service that they need, whether they be preventive health care services or chronic disease management services. Mm -hmm. The premise was that there's information in the electronic health records that we can use to estimate the likelihood of a child not attending an appointment. Mm Most of the work for the project involved the analysis of large data sets, looking at the tens of thousands of children who either have attended or not attended appointments over the past couple of years, and trying to use statistical modeling techniques to estimate the likelihood of these children attending or not attending future appointments. Mm-hmm. So you looked at what's common among the no-showers versus everybody else who did show up for their appointment to see what the common variables were? Yes, and there are two populations of no-show children. There's the children who generally make it to their appointments, Mm -hmm. but occasionally will miss an appointment. Right. And this situation is fairly hard to predict. There can be many uh, things that will affect a family that typically makes it to an appointment mm-hmm. on a particular day that may cause them to not make it to an appointment. Right. But there's another group of patients which is a little easier to identify, which are those children who are unlikely to make it to an appointment and will miss, re- miss appointments repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And we find uh, a number of characteristics about both the office 
and the, the patient that are, are helpful in identifying whether a child will make it to their next appointment or not. As you might expect, the most important predictor of whether a child will show up for an appointment is whether they showed up for their last appointment. Right. And in all our models, that came out as the most important predictor. Mm -hmm. But there were other characteristics as well that were helpful. Uh, perhaps not surprisingly, language can be an issue. Mm. We serve many families that do not speak English, and that is reflected in the show rate. Mm -hmm. There can be numerous problems with communication about appointments with families that don't speak English. Mm -hmm. So that can be a barrier to accessing care. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition, distance to the appointment is yep. uh, definitely a predictor of whether somebody will arrive for their appointment. Mm -hmm. The type of insurance they have can be related to their likely of showing up. Some families are burdened by exceptionally high co-pays, which can create a barrier to accessing care. Mm -hmm. And then there's the clock what time of day the appointment is, what mm -hmm. day of the week it is, uh, and to some extent what month of the year the appointment is scheduled all mm -hmm. can determine the likelihood of arriving or, or not arriving. So there's days and times that are more common for no-shows? Yes, mm -hmm. yes there are. <laughs> it's not actually what you'd necessarily expect, but the, the best time to schedule an appointment is in the early afternoon. At okay. least in the care network, where I'm most familiar with mm -hmm. the the predictive results that we found, hmm. uh, but it, it's not the evening appointments, which you think might be the easiest mm -hmm. to attend because people are not typically working in the evenings and maybe more able to attend appointments. But uh, it was actually the early afternoon is the preferred time for appointments, or at least to the extent that families show up for appointments, we right. conclude that the early afternoon <laughs> is the best time. Interesting. So what does the Patterns Project show us that practices could do to help minimize the no-shows? Yeah, the, uh, well, there are a number of efforts underway, underway to understand the best way to remediate the no-show problem. Mm -hmm. We don't have any data yet on the success of those interventions, but mm -hmm. there are some promising interventions. The first is we're using the output of our prediction model to show schedulers at the time they're interacting with a family an estimate of the likelihood of the child attending the appointment. Mm. And this is in broad categories. They're, they're identified as either high risk for no-show, medium or low risk. Mm -hmm. In the case of the children that are known to be high risk for no-show, these are the children where we estimate there's worse than a 50-50 chance that they'll attend the appointment. Mm. The schedulers are prompted to ask additional questions, such as, do they have any problems with transportation? Mm -hmm. Do they have any concerns about their insurance coverage or financial responsibility? And more broadly, do they have any other concerns about their ability to make it to the appointment? Mm -hmm. The results of those discussions are then forwarded to particular people in the office to review ahead of time to see if there is any particular follow-up that might help to increase the child's chance of making it to the appointment. Mm -hmm. And this is a very focused intervention, really targeted upon among the 
five or six percent or so of children who are at highest risk of not making it to the appointment. Mm -hmm. So we could then maybe help them with transportation services to get them there or make sure we have interpreters scheduled for that appointment and things like that? Exactly. Great. And the discussion has even gone so far as to think about the question of should we send out a ride service to pick up the patient? Mm. This is not something we're currently doing, but I think is an interesting question right. given the affordability of providing transportation. Mm -hmm. Is it worth it to actually provide transportation for a selected subgroup of patients. Mm -hmm. yeah. To address the no-show problem more broadly across the large number of children who make it to most of their appointments but will occasionally miss one here or there, we have put in place a pilot to look at the use of text messaging as an alternative to phone calls for mm -hmm. appointment reminders. And qualitatively, the feedback we've received from the pilot sites, which have included both primary care and specialty care locations, has been very favorable. Mm -hmm. And it's a really easy intervention for practices to put into place. The text messaging technology is very sophisticated now mm -hmm. and requires minimal intervention on the part of the office to successfully send out reminders and deal with text message questions that are sent back from the mm -hmm. families. The system will anticipate a variety of most common questions such as where is the, where is the appointment at, mm -hmm. uh, questions about parking, and can deal with many of those on an automated basis. Mm -hmm. I've seen this in hotels similarly with reservation confirmations and I've had patients who told me that ours mirrored what they've seen in other places where I think Charlie um, and text them, and it seems almost like they're interacting with a person, but that they know it's it's not a person. It's a computer system that's responding, but um, but that they like that uh, they can text back to it. It's not just a this is your appointment end of text, but that it's interactive. Yes, and that's very well received by the patients. And if they do pose a question that appears to be clinical in nature, mm -hmm. or is an otherwise an unrecognized question, the system is actually smart enough to send that question to a human in the office, mm. typically an administrative person who can review the question and respond appropriately or mm -hmm. route it to a triage nurse, for example, who can follow right. up with the family most appropriately. Great. The final intervention that is going into place as a result of the Patterns Project but isn't yet in widespread use is an appointment by appointment alert system that is directed at clinicians, mm -hmm. which will provide them a view of their schedule alongside an estimate of the likelihood of the child attending the appointment. Mm. The intended purpose of this is for clinicians to readily identify children of particular concern who may be at high risk for no-show so that a just-in-time contact can be perhaps initiated with the family to help increase the likelihood that they're able to make it to the appointment. Mm -hmm. It's also possible that in the situation where a new patient or an urgent issue is being identified by a patient who's not on the schedule, it also may identify areas on the schedule where somebody could be added in extra, although that is not a primary purpose for the system. Mm -hmm. It's really intended to be for that just-in-time outreach to families to bring them in. Mm -hmm. Right, because the goal is hopefully that they will show, not that they won't show and Correct. squeeze another patient in. The goal is to bring them in. However, with that said, we all have experienced the problem of the urgent 
illness-related visit that needs to be accommodated somewhere, and this will likely help to support that workflow in a way that is less disruptive to schedules and wait times. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you've reviewed a lot of data already, and I know it sounds like you're collecting data from this, and the electronic record allows you to do that, which is great. So do you have any results yet, or this is an ongoing study? Currently, this is an ongoing study. We have some very favorable results, however, from the text messaging system, which has shown that the rate of attendance at visits amongst the pilot group where text message reminders were sent out is much higher mm -hmm. than at the visits where no such reminder was sent out. There were a group of us here at the South Philadelphia office who participated in the pilot. Mm -hmm. And qualitatively, our experience when we were participating in the pilot was, first, we quickly forgot that we were part of the pilot because it was completely <laughs> invisible to us. And second, that our no-show rate plummeted. Mm. Suddenly, our schedules were full of complete arrivals. Mm -hmm. We would look down the list of patients and we would see that everyone had showed up. Mm -hmm. And that is actually borne out in the pilot data as well, that mm. the, the rate of no-show plummeted amongst the clinicians who were participating in the pilot. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because the system does allow patients to indicate explicitly that they don't intend to make it to the appointment, mm -hmm. which then opens up the appointment for use by another patient, right. which has also been a, a helpful outcome from this. More recently, we've been looking at our success with the outreach to the highest risk patients for no-show, and it certainly appears promising. The last number I saw suggested that we were reducing the no-show rate by about 50% from what we would have expected, okay. meaning that amongst a cohort of kids where we expect half of them to show up on a good day, we're finding out that, in fact, something more like approximately three-quarters are arriving. But that's very preliminary data, and we are eager to see if that's a sustained result or if it was a temporary variation, uh, but we are optimistic. Great. So you mentioned that this has been piloted at certain sites like the South Philly practice. Can we expect that this is going to roll out across the care network and how easy will it be for all the care network practices to implement things like this? Yes, this is intended to roll out across the entire health system. I should mention that the no-show problem is much less frequent in the suburban care network practices. Mm -hmm than it is in the urban practices, mm -hmm. but the system will be rolled out as part of a standard set of EPIC features, which is our electronic health record, mm -hmm. and will be available for use at all the care locations and really doesn't require any effort on the part of the, the practices other than to become aware of the new questions that may appear mm -hmm. and to establish a work queue for handling those responses. The technical aspect of it is straightforward mm -hmm. and will be rolled out very broadly over the course of the coming year. Well, it's exciting to know that it's going to be available to everybody and that we've had good success so far in the pilot and that there's lots of um, technology that can help us with the no-show problem that we know we're all experiencing. So thanks so much for your work on that and for sharing it with us so that we're all up to date on what's happening. Very good. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about this exciting project. Thanks. Thank you for
for listening to this episode of Primary Care Perspectives. You can download and subscribe to future episodes on iTunes or visit chop.edu slash PCP podcasts for a listing of all episodes. I look forward to our next chat. Thank you.